Send for the women. The women who will pray. The women who have talents, gifts, and resources. To do serious damage to demonic agendas. Send for the women. The women who will mourn. The women who haven't allowed bitterness and hate to turn them into mere mannequins. The women who aren't so downtrodden that they've forgotten how to feel. Send for the women who still have the ability to feel and cry. So they might wail against what the devil is doing. Send for the women who will weep and wail. The women who will mourn in sackcloth and ashes. Send for the women. The women who will wake up, everyone around them, calling out, the devil is destroying us. Death is on its way. Send for the women who will be God's warning shout to his people, his alarm system, his tornado signal, his air raid siren. The women who God will use to warn his people of the impending consequences of sin. Send for the women who have a God-given destiny to destroy the power of Satan over God's people by waking them up and calling them to a morning of repentance. Women who would teach their daughters to weep against sin and the assault of the devil. Send for the women. Women who have a destiny to open their mouth and cry against the evil that the devil has put upon God's people. Women who have ideas to be voiced, energy to be released, abilities to be exercised, power to be loosed, spiritual gifts to be expressed, prayers to be prayed. Send for the women who look toward the future. To what they can be, what they can do, what they can say, what they can pray, what they can possess that will bring glory to God. Defeat the devil and see a nation saved. Send for the women. Hello, hello, everybody, graceful warriors. How are you doing this week? Have you been battling? Have you been on your knees crying out before the Lord? I know I've been there too. It's a struggle, but you know what? God has already won the victory. That's the great thing about it, right? Well, I'm going to get into a new series this week, and I felt like the Lord was just really drawing me there. And I'm actually going to do a Bible study with you guys. And I hope that you're ready for this. I'm excited to look into this. Um, Many of you have have heard of uh, the best author in the world. She's a great woman, Lisa Bevere. And I did not know anything about Lisa Bevere until I started going to a Bible studies class um, at the church I was going to at the time. And she did an amazing, amazing book that just drew my attention. This was the first class that I ever went to um, in a church setting. And I say that because it's like, for me, I'm more of the quiet, reserved type, except when I get around people that I'm comfortable with, right? And you guys have just helped me come out of my shell and do the podcast with you guys and learn so much. So thank you for that. I'm comfortable with you. I'm comfortable speaking with you. But on the flip side, for me to actually sit down in a Bible study and do this and have that closer group, you know, smaller than Sunday morning service when there's 10 10 of you, sometimes even five of you. That was me. I was like, nah, I'm going to stay awake because they want to know too much about me. They want to get into that place where it's like, give us your phone number. Let's hang out. You know, and for me, it was being a vet. I am more reserved 
to do things like that. I'm comfortable around my vets. But it was like, I don't know, you know, can you handle me in my ways as a veteran? And so this, when it said girls with swords, I was like, wait now, I've had a, I'm a girl with an M16 at one point. A girl with swords, I'm in. And so it just drew me in. And so I was like, why not sit down and do a chapter in this study and with you guys and let's discuss it. So comments are open. You can hit that voicemail tab on my page. If you're listening on my page, there's a voicemail tab over there. When you're logging in on your computer, you hit that voicemail, send me a message, say just, Hey, Monica, I like this study or, you know, whatever. Send me an emoji. What's your favorite ice cream, favorite coffee? And um, so I wanted to sit down here and do Girls with Swords Bible study. And it's it comes with, if you girls want to get on here, and guys, you're more than welcome to hang in on this one because there's a lot to learn. And there is a study book or the, she calls it a fencing manual. And I thought that was like, wow, that's the bomb right there. And so I wanted to do this Bible study with you guys. And so I'm going to be asking you guys the questions on here that are in my study manual, the fencing manual. But uh, as I ask you them, I'm going to share what my thoughts were at the time, how I look at it now, how God has answered me through this whole series. It's an amazing series. And so my first, first title that I would, I would name this first Bible study is you are the target. What do you mean you are the target, Monica? Target of what? Target of who? Wendell Phillips came out and he said, Christianity is a battle, not a dream. That's a pretty big statement, huh? See, in a world, and I'm kind of picking certain things, and I'm reading certain things in this first um, chapter, and um, but I'm going to add the Monica to it, all right? That graceful warrior concept, which is already here for you guys. But in a world already overrun by violence. And we may wonder why I would suggest that women of all ages take up arms and join the fight. We know why. We see that the enemy is coming for our kids, right? The transgender thing and the and saying that it's a boy or it's a girl opposite of what the actual gender is at birth is crazy. But as we turn these pages and look through this Bible study, I hope that you'll discover the many reasons why there is no neutral territory. Everything is like, it's up for grabs in, in the spirit realm. And it says, we don't have to live by the violence of a sword, but the time has come to live by the power of one. And we're going to find out what that statement means because that statement had such a big impact on me. I was like, so what are you saying? I don't have to take up a sword and stand there and, and slay 
the demonic and and slay every demon that comes at me and and slay the spirit uh, of Jezebel and slay this the the devil himself well we're going to find out exactly what that means after this Welcome, beloved listeners, to Graceful Warrior, the podcast where faith meets fortitude. Hey, I'm your host, Monica, and I'm here to walk this journey of life with you, one step at a time. Join me as we explore the art of gracefully navigating the challenges of the world while staying true to our beliefs and embracing the warrior within. Are you ready to rise higher and embrace the light? If so, grab your sword and let's dive in. So what does it mean? We do not live by the violence of the sword, but the time has come to live by the power of one. Well, the first reason you need a sword is that whether you realize it or not, you are part of an epic battle. God does not want his sons or his daughters unarmed or caught unaware of what's going on. The the element of surprise. That's what the enemy does. So Lisa Bevere goes on to talk about, do you remember the movie Terminator and old Arnold Schwarzenegger comes in and he's got to actually protect... Uh, what is her name? Sarah Connors. And um, because she's getting ready to have a kid and all of this. So he's got to he's got to protect the future. Right. Well, at towards the end. Her guardian or her Andrew or Andrew Arnold Schwarzenegger insists that she's in fact Sarah Connor is the hero. Right. But Sarah comes out and she just yells out, wait, I haven't even done anything. I'm just trying to live my life. To which Arnold Schwarzenegger comes back and he goes, no, but you will. See, it's at that moment that we realize, wait a minute, no, but you will. Concept is the realization that our enemy, Satan, often knows who we are before we discover who we are. And it is about time we each realize the two things that Sarah Connor learned in that movie clip, even though it was just a line, it's still prevalent today for us. And that is, number one, you are the target. You are a target that the enemy is after. And number two, You just might be a hero. And I say might be because the choice is ultimately yours, whether you are going to choose the side of the Lord or turn and walk away and say, "Eh, I don't want none of this. I just want to live my life in peace. But guess what? You're not going to live your life in peace because the enemy ain't going to let you go. He's going to torment you and destroy you until there is absolutely nothing left of you. But let's slow down a bit here. Let's address the idea of us as a target. You and me both as a target. See, if we're a Christian, we are the target of Satan. 
the enemy of our souls and the prince of darkness, right? There's just, there's no choice about this standing. But there is a very real, highly structured force of darkness in this earth that wrestles against all, all who represents God's light and life. And that is you and me, brothers in Christ and sisters in Christ. That is you and me, graceful warriors. So it's important you know what it means to be a target. You got a target on your back and it's from the enemy. And then when we when I actually looked at the word target, it actually meant in this context to include like aim, goal, objective, focus, end, intention. According to this, what is Satan's goal? What is his objective? What is his end result on us? See, Satan has made it his aim to distract you and me from who we really are. And what the purpose of our life truly is. I remember going through certain points in my life where I was like, okay, you saved me. So what is my purpose now? What's, what do I do now? And it was always going, hold on. Let me teach you who I am, Monica, first. And to, to learn his love, to learn his acceptance in my life. And sometimes we are we often do that. We're like, okay, I've made this decision. Now what do I do? We have become like so microwave and everything. I've had that conversation with my son. We're just we we have microwaves in our house. We pull up at the fast food restaurant. We sit down at restaurant. We expect our plate to us within five minutes. We have become so hurried up and impatient. Moving forward, though, to move forward with this idea of being a hero, I need you to grasp a new and perhaps somewhat foreign perspective or idea, right? right? One that is far more serious than a storyline from just a simple movie as The Terminator. Truly, a dark and murderous enemy has already realized who you are graceful warrior, and who I am. He knows your potential and is systematically trying to undermine your future with every attack, every thought, every block, every door that gets slammed in your face, every financial burden. And we're living that right now, right? But see, I believe that the attacks on our life, yours and mine, have much more to do with who you might be in the future than who you have been in the past. And isn't it funny? When I sat down and I thought about this, I was like, okay, yet, isn't it funny he uses the past to destroy our future? And that was basically, I was like, that's basically what, what Lisa Bevere is saying. You see, like the assassin, the bad cop guy dude from the Terminator, the enemy has your name, but don't let this frighten you. We have to take a deep breath and realize that we are alive with purpose. 
We can't get paranoid or, or take this profiling that he's doing on us personally because, it, because it's not. The attack is against one and all. One from, from the moment that you find out, graceful warrior's daughter and God, that you are pregnant, that is an attack right there. He marks that he's going after that life within you because that newborn baby has a purpose in God's kingdom. So check this out. No one actually launches. If you think about this now, being in the military, I understand this one. No one launches like this large scale systematic assault against something that's not considered a threat, right? I mean, that's just like crazy. Why would you do that except being crazy? Your name is the same as mine, Christian. He says, if you, you have your name, Christ's name in you, it's Christian. So this designation is actually more than an assignment to a religious group. And if you've been with me long enough, you know how I feel about religion. It ain't for me. That's for the birds. But Christian means anointed one. The fact that you are beloved. Your royal daughter, your royal son of the most high God. The enemy's approach may look different with each of us. We have different weaknesses. Yours may be chocolate. Mine may be caramel, caramel, however you say it. See what I mean? The attacks, the approach will look different. But he will do all that is within his power to hinder or bend your growth and my growth to his purposes and distract you from your heavenly destination, from getting to the end of your race in life. See, there's no, there's no isolated or insulated daughters who can completely escape the attacks from the pastors to evangelism to, to priests to prophets to, to David's to the, to the shepherd boy, to you and me. To the gal that works at the at the register, to the one that works at, at Walmart, to the one that works at the making sandwiches at Subways, to the to the high school teacher, to the junior high student, doesn't matter. It just the approach looks different. The attacks are all seem to be the same thing because he keeps repeating the same thing. It's just a new day for us. Imagine that your current age or your financial security or lack of or marital status exempts you. So if you got Christ's name on, on you and you are marked by God, you are also marked by the enemy. You are the target. It's not about you and it's not, it's not about me. To be quite honest, it's not even our battle. And you're like, wait a minute, Monica, we're doing girls with swords here and okay, guys with swords. So what do you mean it's not our battle? Well, you all know the battle belongs to the Lord. We are his weapons of light in a world of darkness.
So you know, you know the scripture that it says in Genesis, Genesis chapter three, in verse fifteen. And let me read this. I'm actually going to be reading it from probably the King James Version, you guys. So, King James Version, we're going to go to um, Genesis chapter 3, verse uh, 15. And, of course, this is the whole thing about um, the fall, right? All right. Here's what I want to bring up. It says here, and I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Looking up enmity, it's a deep-rooted hatred and irreconcilable hostility. That's some hate right there, right? That's like next-level hate. God had put enmity between Satan and us, the women, between our kids and Satan's kids. And you're like, what do you mean Satan has kids? If you are living for, for the world and you have turned your back on God, you are Satan's kids. That is the, the world. That's him. So there, that's why there's hate. That's why God says they hated me first. Remember that. If they hate you, remember they hated me first. So this describes a breach so profound that that with each passing generation, Satan's hostility and his hatred deepens as he runs out of time and the urgency increases. Look at where we are now. Have you noticed it was like it seemed like a little over time? that things got a little bit more intense. But it's like once Trump had to step aside, because he didn't lose, he didn't lose the vote, guys. I'll put that out there right now. He didn't lose. It was stolen. Since Joe Biden was installed, because he wasn't voted in, have you noticed that it's just like all of a sudden sin major sin went rampant like quick like it was like a a head smack one way and a whiplash to the the next way look at what we're dealing with i mean i heard i heard kent christmas say one time i thought we'd be dealing like with pornography and marriage problems but no we went to a whole nother level I mean, like, we have the whole transgender thing. We have the whole mutilation of our kids. Never has his attacks against women and children been more wicked and obvious and widespread than ever before. We have the human trafficking at the border. We just came out with the sound of freedom that exposes it in a massive, massive way. So, thinking about all that, we cannot think that we are safe just because we do not live in a developing nation. Because look at what is coming against 
the United States right now. Numbers don't lie. Our birth location just means you will be targeted in a different way. See, the enemy assassin will come at you from another angle. And he's already working hard to distract you so you will never give birth to God's plan for your life. But I don't share these things to frighten you. No. And they don't frighten me anymore. They did at one point. I confess that. But I want you to know that the weight of your moment in history as a as a daughter of this age or as a son of this age that you are listening, you are the target. You are Satan's target. That is one thing for sure. But the hero factor, well, that's your choice. And if you fail to see this for what it is, you'll take these attacks against your gender or, or your faith personally, and you'll respond on a personal level. But when you respond the way God wants us to, by taking it to him and say, hey, like we talked about earlier, we are the weapon. We are the light. We carry God's word in us. Then we will come out victorious. This way is bigger than any any one of us. There's no way we can attack this pers on a personal level. We have to do it only by the grace of God. So let me ask you these questions as we wind this down and I, I cut this lesson in half and I wanted to just stop right there and kind of say like, what do you guys think? And so as I sat there with the manual after reading the this whole entire chapter, and I think I just, I brought up notes from Lisa Bevere's book. And if you would like to get her book, you can look it up on Amazon. It's called Girls with swords how to carry your cross like a hero and it's by lisa bevere and if you haven't heard of her her last name bevere is spelled b e v as in victory e r e and you can look her up grab her book you guys i would highly recommend you grab her book and also grab she has a study by her book it's called the fencing manual but Look up the manual to go with that book because it challenges you in the questions that she asks you and really gets you to think. And, and it goes well with her, her book. I mean, her book challenges right there. She challenges you right there. Let me get that out. Right. But man, it just the study questions and the, and the study guide that goes with it. You were like, wow, this is, this is pretty good. You know? I still love to go over this, and I thought, well, why not do it on the podcast with you? Just kind of highlight some notes and go over it with you guys. And so <clears throat> she went on to ask in, in some of these questions, like, write down your hopes, expectations, and possible fears for this study. And for me at the time, and I took this study like three years ago. And here's my answers to them. And I'll just share them with you guys. You know, it says, my hopes. 
My hopes was to know the word enough to fight on with a bigger advantage. And so now I look back at that and I'm like, wow, Lord, has that become prevalent in my life? Do I know more of the word of God? And I can honestly say, yes, I do know more of the word of God. I'm more like, you know, and I'm sure a lot of you are out there like, you know how you could say that scripture or what's that scripture that says, love one another as I have loved you. But some people go, oh yeah, that's John 15, 35. See, I'm not that one. <laughs> I'm the one to say, love one another. You know, now you may be the one that actually knows where it's at in the word of God. And you're like, that's like great. That's kudos to you. But I'm the one that just, I know the verses. Can't find them. There are some one, ones that I can go, okay, yeah, I think that's in Matthew somewhere. And I did that just the other day. A friend of mine and I, we were talking. And she was like, what does that scripture say? And I was like, hmm, let me think about what was going on during that time. I was like, oh, that's in Matthew. And sure enough, it was in Matthew. And then she found the right chapter. So, <laughs> all right. So what were my expectations doing this Bible study? I put down on here, because of this training of going through this Bible study, I wanted to know that he, it says, I know that he is going to attack the enemy. I was expecting the attacks within my marriage, within my own life in every area, finances and all, and attacks on my kids. But here's the thing. Each of us will begin at a very varied age if you so choose to go through the study even on your own. We'll begin at different life experiences and word awareness and skill levels. You guys know the verse or do you know the verse and where it's found? So these practices will mean different things in our different seasons of life, where we are in our walk with Christ. And then it says, do you see evidence of this battle in your everyday world? I do. I see the battle in my life is in my marriage. Now, you know, some of you that are just coming on new, you know, you don't know my background. And I have, there's an episode and I cannot remember the episode number. Uh, but I believe it's in those teens, if you know, the 16, 17, somewhere in there. <laughs> I have my personal testimony in there. And so if you guys would like to listen to that, you can go back and listen. I talk about um, my life prior to um, high school, going in the military and afterwards. And it's just a great testimony. And it gives all credit to the Lord God Almighty. And so becoming a Christian now, late in my marriage, I have seen attacks on, um, on my marriage because my husband is not a believer. And I've seen challenges in love, you know, for me, because I went in the military straight out of high school. I didn't even get to finish all of summer vacation, I was like, I'm out of here. <laughs> you know, that was a typical kid that just wanted to get out of the house quickly. And my parents were Christians. 
during that, and still are. And so when I went in the military, I had no love. Um, I was raised in a pretty harsh, at the in my mind now, in a pretty harsh, uh, what do you call it, standard of love. And what I mean by that was love was controlling me according to my my stepfather at the time and so to me it was like that's not love and so that's what i mean by harsh it wasn't it was no like i wasn't like beat up or abused or anything like that um so i didn't really know love in that way um i knew my mother loved me and my mother was there at the time um but it was a different kind of love. It, it was just, okay, let's go to another topic. <laughs> All right. Um, kindness. I didn't know kindness because if we were not kind, we got our butt whooped. So there was never a genuine kindness. And so I was challenged by this book in love and in kindness and in patience. Because even in the military, you don't know love. Love is like, oh, I love him. He's so good looking. And then you jump in bed. That's not love. And then kindness, you're like, look, we're soldiers. We go shoot people. We go shoot the enemy to protect our home front. And it was like all emotions were squashed down. You had anger and you had happiness and you better have some toughness to you. Jesus came in and did so much more in my life. And here's a good question. What do you feel the difference is between like the violence of a sword and the power of one? And when I thought about that, it was like, well, having the sword and knowing what it does is one thing, but by, by using it, is a different story because you can go hand a sword to somebody, you know, that, and, and no disrespect for anybody that is like this, but you have those girls are out there. And sometimes even the guys, those, you hand a sword to them and the weight of the sword just goes plop and it yanks them all the way down. You're either strong physically and mentally that it comes out as such as confidence there's knowing that it's a sword and, and being afraid of it and going, okay, I know what it does. And then there's the concept of going, all right, I'm taking self-defense classes and I can go pick that sword up. And I'm confident that I know, one, it's going to be heavy. And I know, two, to go pick it up with two hands and be ready for the weight of what I carry. Does that make sense? And then, you know, Jesus even says that the word of God is more than a sword. It is Jesus himself, right? Ultimately, it is in Christ that we find our source of life. Because the Lord goes on to say in John 1.14 that the word became flesh and dwells among us. And we have seen his glory. 
glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. He's our eternal Lord, Savior, living wisdom, daily bread, anchor of hope, light on our path, and everything more that you could think of to describe him, just as surely as he is a high tower and rock. He is our strong tower. He is our rock. So when the enemy comes in like a flood, we are standing on the rock. Here's an interesting thought. And just in case, and I, I had to take this one in. And I was like, wow, I never thought about that. Did you know that when Jesus was born, he was a target as well? And you're like, wow. Well, when Jesus was first presented for his dedication in the temple, when he was doing all that, when he was still with Mary and Joseph, see, his parents discovered he had been targeted. And if you read, if you flip over to Luke chapter 2, and it's in verse 34, and it says, And Simeon blessed them. He was the priest at the time, blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed and a sword will pierce through your own soul also so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. So see, he was targeted. He was going to be dealing with the fall and rise uh, of so many of the Israelites. And then when he was going, he's going to be targeted. They hated him in Israel. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, those that turned away from him, they were all a part of that covenant way back when the covenant that was made with the Israelites and Moses before Moses released them to cross over. And they broke the covenant and he was targeted. They took him down. So it is knowing who you are and, and, and the fact that we can't even say, well, Lord, you have never been targeted by the enemy. You're God. Well, we just read right there in Luke 2 that when they came and they dedicated him, he got a target. And even when the, when the enemy came in, after Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist, and he went into the, to the wilderness to be tempted, Satan targeted him. He said, if you are the son of God, because see, he knew Jesus up in heaven. He knew who the master was up there. But now Jesus comes down in a bodily form, and he says, Hmm, I know Jesus, but if you are him, then do this. Prove it. He targeted him. So, I just want to encourage you guys to get ready to take up your sword in knowing who you are in Christ. Are you waiting for your life to begin are you, are you caught off guard and you're unaware of what's going to happen in life? Well, that's like what Sarah Connor felt. 
So in, in actuality, we kind of identify with Sarah as far as going, well, wait, I didn't do anything. I just want to live my life. But guess what? We are targeted. But we are also anointed. That's the flip side of the coin. I couldn't get to be in so much gloom and doom as far as targeted and what the enemy's doing and, and the enmity and all of that without giving you some good news. We are the Christians. What does the word Christ and the word Christians mean? The anointed one. To be chosen. What does it mean to be anointed? To be chosen. Here's an interesting concept. And I, I posted this on my Facebook page. And if you want to follow me on my Facebook page, you can. And it's, and it's at the Graceful Warrior page. And look us up. Join us there. Um, we, we discuss different things. I come on there and I do some videos um, randomly for everybody. And we talk about them and have just have more of a let your hair down, laugh, share good, clean things. So come join us there. And um, But I saw this interesting image and it had like this lamb and it had the shepherd and he was pouring oil over the lamb's head. And I was like, well, that's a strange picture. But then it went on to talk about the shepherd and the lamb and why he does that. And see, the shepherd will pour oil over the, the sheep or the lamb, the sheep's head. And he said, because the fleas will bug him or they'll get into their nose and they will go and the sheep will go and bang their head on the fence and just basically brain dead themselves and kill them and torment them or the bugs will go in their ears, the fleas, the gnats, whatever, right? And it will torment them and they'll go through their nose. And so they put the oil over the head because the bugs will get stuck in the oil and it'll slide off. Or when they go and try to rub themselves on something, it'll just slide right off. And also just drown those pesty pests in the oil. And so it can't get to them. And I thought, wow. And in some of the songs that we sing to the Lord, we talk about to anoint our head with oil. And you're like, what a concept. If, we are no if he anoints our head with oil, that it would keep the enemy out of our mind and to keep our words pure. I just thought it was an amazing concept. So I totally understand now when I say, anoint me, Lord, so the enemy cannot drive me crazy, even though he still does. But it's knowing who we are in Christ. Well, I went over a little bit today. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope um, this is something that will encourage you. and. Um, um, I'm going to try to possibly start coming on about twice a week now. I haven't figured out which day suits life. So 
bear with me. That way I can get through this study because I know the winter months are coming and I want to kind of do a little bit more since we're all going to be kind of locked in and not out and about with barbecues and family events. So um, I will get back to you guys as far as how often I'm going to put podcasts out. And um, if you have prayer requests, you want something to pray with you guys about, hey, hit that voicemail tab on my page, the Graceful Warrior, uh, captivate.fm, and hit that voicemail tab and leave me uh, your prayer request. If it's something that you don't feel comfortable in saying, just say, hey, this is Sarah. I have a unspoken prayer request. I'm Sarah from Miami, I don't know, from Idaho, from Ohio. Let me know, and I will just pray for you guys, all right? And then hopefully one day you'll get back with me and say, the Lord has answered the prayer. All right, until next week, have a blessed week. Hang on to that word of God, and remember, you are anointed, you are are chosen. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. Isaiah 43.1. Have a blessed day, everybody. Well, as our time together comes to a close, remember, my fellow graceful warriors, that the path of faith is a journey with constant growth and transformation as well as challenges. But stay strong, stay courageous, and let your grace shine bright as ever. If you found inspiration and guidance in today's episode, be sure to subscribe to Graceful Warrior on your favorite podcast platform or even on my page here at Captivate. And share the light with others who are seeking God's path of faith and strength in their own lives. Until next time, keep your hearts open and your spirits abound. Hey everyone, I just want to take a quick minute. I hope that you're enjoying this episode. I really appreciate you taking the time and listening to my podcast. Wherever you listen to your favorite, I'm honored to be able to share that time with you. But hey, I wanted to let you know, I have my own webpage on Captivate. And I'm going to leave the link in the description below. But if you were to join me on my page, you have some perks that are coming to you. What kind of perks you say? Well, if you would subscribe for eight bucks a month, I will give you bonus content, my extra show that I have. And then on top of that, you'll get 24 hour early access to all the shows that the public already gets. And then I'll even throw in an extra perk. If you have your own business, you could send me the name of your business and I'll shout it out on this podcast at the cost of eight bucks. It's a deal in itself. I understand that if you don't want to subscribe just yet, hey, just buy me my favorite drink. I have two of them, actually. One is a cold coffee first thing in the morning. I love a caramel macchiato. And my other favorite summertime drink is a lotus 
banana blueberry and chai. Oh, that's my favorite drink. Just hit the tip button and go ahead and leave me a tip and just buy me a drink. All right, with all of that, I just want to say thank you. And let's get back to the show.